I just realised I have said uh so many times, you're right. Don't overthink it. No, don't. Sorry, I should uh, not. <laughs> you need to read Word Slut by Alanda Montel. Uh isn't a problem. Uh is how women fill silences that they feel like they have to fill that men okay. do. It's not a problem really? to say What do uh, I need to read? What is that? Word Slut by Amanda Montel. Word she's Slut a, goes she's on a linguist. Mm. And she <laughs> basically said these differences between how men and women speak and how women are shamed for saying like and uh and things like that. Yeah. And actually it's a really useful filler that has been developed mm. to fill spaces so that conversations don't become uncomfortable when they could. And that's the thing that women do to be empathetic, to help people feel welcome in conversations where they might otherwise, if it was a man speaking, feel like they're being talked at rather than talked to. That's yeah. very, very interesting. interesting. So, so like really that. good book. Yeah. What's it called, Word Slut? Word Slut. Okay. Anyway, okay. take it away. Yeah, yeah. Right. to you. Recommendation for everybody. Um, so welcome back, everybody. Uh, tonight we are actually in conversation with Rio Merricks, who is a poet. Um, I'm actually going to just let you introduce yourself, if you're okay with that. Um, Hi, thank Hi. you for having me, first of all. Thanks for being here. Uh, yeah, so I'm Rio, and I I like to read a lot, and I like to write a lot, but writing is started as therapy. It's Yeah, that's a fun fact, I guess. Is it a fact? I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's therapy. It's, I'm not really, I guess you could say, <laughs> secretly, I'm not really doing it for other people. I'm doing it for me. I think the best kind of writing, though... And the, the things I think that most of us can relate to when we read people's writing and when we read poetry isn't the stuff that they've written for us specifically to relate to. It's the stuff that they've written for themselves and the stuff that they had to get out. And that's how we get to relate to them, right? Yeah. Um, it's just interesting because the fact that you've given us about yourself literally leads straight into my first question, which is, would you say that you are from a literary background? No. Um, my parents... Like, so, as a kid, as a child, my parents always encouraged me to read. Mm-hmm. Um, they had this kind of routine where to spend time together, I would pick to go to Borders. Do you remember Borders, yeah. the bookshop? Mm-hmm. Um, there used to be a Starbucks in there, and either my mum or my dad would take me every Sunday, and we'd go and get a, a Starbucks, and um, I'd literally just take the mick and ask my... If it was my dad, it'd be like three books. If it was my mum, it'd be like one. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I started with the spider Egg chronicles um, and that i started like with those books as i grew up but from a really young girl reading was just i got it but nobody else did yeah um it wasn't something that everybody else in my house was doing and i'm an only child so i gravitated towards it because it made me feel less lonely okay so no and i yeah i didn't really I wasn't great at school. I was more creative at school. Um, I was more singing, dancing, loud but introverted. So I was confident, should I say, sorry, but I was very introverted. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I was never really, never thought about writing as a, a life girl or anything like that. So yeah, sorry, that went into a completely different... No, that's actually perfect because you said that like, you were more like a creative as a child. And I'm going to ask this question, but I'll expand on it because I think the question itself might sound a bit like, huh? So my actual question is, would you say that you were, were a child poet? Now, I ask this because when I've spoken to people who write <clears throat> and you talk to them about like their first bits of writing, they tend to refer to the first thing that was like their official 
at -hmm. this grown age, the thing that I sat down and typed or that I had like published or that I thought about people reading. And I think sometimes people forget about when they were eight years old Mm -hmm. and they wrote their first poem about winter. Yeah. Because they forget that actually when you were eight and you wrote your poem about winter, it was actually like probably the realest writing that you might have done. Yeah. But we kind of dismiss it. Mm-hmm. I get not all children do that as well, yeah. right? Unless yeah. it's like in school and they have to write it. But in terms of that, would you say that you were a child poet? Again, I say that, but absolutely like, yeah. not. No. Uh, I wrote lyrics. Uh, so I wrote lyrics down from songs that I really liked. And then I would just write the lyrics that I really liked. And then I would write actual journal entries and random pieces of prose i couldn't really call it call it poetry it just used to be like life lessons and like like, you know things like that and then i used to publish them and so i used to funny enough listen to people like prince and sade um people whose music were very poetic i guess but i wasn't a poet and i didn't see it that way Mm -hmm. until i did a creative writing degree So when I started the creative writing degree, one of the modules was um, short stories. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to ace this. It's going to be brilliant. Absolutely fucking flopped. And then I went into the module. I went into a a playwriting, script writing Mm -hmm. module, um, which I got the highest grade for. And through that kind of thought hmm, maybe there's something else there there's something else going on um and then there was a poetry module and I had to write a very specific piece of poetry and um the lecturer called me in for a meeting and I was obviously really nervous because I thought well it's crap that's basically what she's going to say and she sat me down and she was just like you're a poet like this is really good um, and the words, and I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've just literally, you know, like written something. Um, and she circled all the use of language, the way that I'd used the language. Mm-hmm. And everything that she had circled just seemed to be what came the most natural. Mm-hmm. And that's how I knew that I probably would be good at it. Could I ask quickly, cool. um, as someone who hasn't got any published poetry like that, the way you have, how did that feel, that first in that moment where you thought he might say this is crap how did that affect you and how you approach writing then in that moment thinking that someone was going to say what I've written is important to me is crap how did that affect uh it's nerve-wracking and I think that stems back from my relationship with um education so Mm. because I was sick a lot of the time. I missed a massive chunk of my education. Mm. So I didn't come out, admittedly, with a lot of GCSEs mm. and everything felt like it was a flop. It was, it was constant disappointment. So by that mm. time, when you're going in to have meetings and you know, even to get onto a degree was <laughs> a miracle, to be quite <laughs> honest. Um, but it, it was almost like, yeah, this is just going to be another situation where you're going to get told that what you're doing isn't good enough or it's not at the same standard. Because when you're sitting in a room with academic people and you're the one who's creative, you know, listening to Purple Rain and you try, it's, it's completely a world away from what other people are doing, mm. you automatically think you don't fit. Mm. So I think that was my initial 
thought process was that it's not going to work. It's another thing that doesn't work. Yeah. Um, because obviously when I started the degree, I thought I'm good at creative writing, so I'm good at writing stories, which I wasn't. It wasn't connecting as well. It wasn't translating as well as I thought it was. Um, so, yeah, there's an aspect, I guess, where you think it's going to be rubbish. But what I liked about poetry was that each time I would have to read a poem out loud to a class, they were all getting something different from what I had mm. written. And I really, really liked that aspect. Whereas with short stories and things like that and fiction and books and, you know, you're reading a story, there's often something really tangible that you want out of that and, and as a writer that you need to have. With poetry, you can just kind of do whatever, you know, write whatever you want and it's going to make sense to someone. And that gave me comfort. I hope that made sense. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. Yes. Um, so you've spoken to the prof your professor? Or your yeah, lecturer, you? my lecturer, yeah. Um, and like you're saying, up until that point, you didn't go in there and you weren't writing this stuff thinking, I am a poet or like I'm a writer in that way. Like you said, you thought that you were going to be really good at one thing, didn't work out. And then you've just done this other thing because it was an assignment and someone's kind of going, you are this, yeah. right? So that's someone telling that to you. When did you, or how did you, or like just the process of coming to the decision of like, <clears throat> I suppose like you can't come to the decision that you are a poet because it's just something that you are regardless if you acknowledge it or not. But aside from the assignments that had to be read by people mm -hmm. and by specific people who were going to market yeah. the specific things that they were looking for, mm -hmm. how did you kind of come to that? How do you reconcile and come to the decision where you're going to actually be a poet whose work is read on purpose by like, not because you have to write this assignment, mm -hmm. but because I just have something to put out there, but now also I'm ready to, what's that point where you're ready for other people to read you? Um, that's such a good question. Um, so yeah, so I was probably like 14 and my best friend at the time had feelings for me. So he had, you know, expressed that he had feelings for me and so it started this sort of, uh, I'm too embarrassed to, to communicate back that I don't feel the same way or I do feel the same way or whatever it is, I'm going to write it. And so then I wrote um, a heartbreak letter, um, which is now a more glorified drifted away, which okay. would then went into the book. Um, and yeah, so I wrote this, this letter I'm 14, I'm on a train, going to see some relatives in Birmingham, wrote the letter, listened to a song, heard one lyric. And um, the, the lyric was, I'm drifted away like the wind. That was it. The whole letter was written, gave the piece of paper to him, put it in his bag, and that was my best friend. So it didn't seem like a big deal. It was a huge fucking deal to write something that heavy yeah. and then give it to him. Um, and from that point, obviously it was very moving to him and whatever, and from that point I decided that I was going to try and do it more. And I was having lots of conversations with people, um, people used to call me Mini Buddha, because I had a lot of wise words, but I was, you know, introverted, but everybody would secretly come to, all the cool kids would secretly come to me to ask for advice. Um, and we'd have these really deep conversations. 
And so I just started writing down, uh, very much like yourself, all the things that I was saying and then posting them or posting them on social media, but not as a poem, just posting them. Yeah. And people began to connect with what I was saying. And that's when I knew. Okay, so in terms of your writing process in general, mm-hmm. does it follow that same thing? Is it different every time? Do things come to you? Do you sit and think, I want to write about this thing and then have to figure out how you're going to bring it together? Sometimes people talk and I make sure that I am list- I'm very quiet sometimes in conversations because somebody might say one thing. It might be the way somebody washes up or washes their hands or looks at me and it sparks something off. It might just be something that I've heard on the radio or I've heard somebody say something and it triggers off pages and pages of stuff. Um, And sometimes it literally just is, I can't hold this anymore and it's coming out. And sometimes it's just words on a page, Mm -hmm. but they're actually quite powerful, but it's just coming out because I need it to to come out. It's there and it has to like be, yeah. Yeah. Just because you said, like piggybacking off that a bit, because you said that you're introverted, but you're very confident. But um, do you think, and I'm going to say that there's value in it, but you might disagree, do you think teaching children as well because we teach children all the time express yourself communicate be clear and a lot of that focuses on spoken communication but do you think not even as a parent parent thing but as a more wider educational thing do you think we're missing a chance to tell children you know if you can't communicate that way if that's not you if you're more introverted you want to keep that inside you know taking that to them and saying write something you don't have to write actually what you're feeling word for word you can write a poem and I can figure it out from there yeah, um, that's actually a really emotional point because if mm-hmm. I didn't have parents that were in a creative field themselves, so my my dad had no no education in that sense. He was not. Mm. Um, he he was he was yeah he was not kind of. He had no sort of degrees or anything like that. Um, but he was extremely talented through creating. Um, and hairdressing gave him that avenue mm. and through him doing being able to access that within himself he was able to pass that on to me um, and so I was encouraged to do so I think adults who are around children you know educational um, environments even at home as well sometimes it's just about writing one word for example there there are lots of exercises where it's like write one word and you know see what comes to you from that word Mm. this stuff is really powerful and allows young people to connect with themselves on a whole different level Mm. through connecting with yourself i'm a really strong believer through doing that you connect with everybody else and because my message has always been about self-love i used to run loads of workshops for self-love and connecting with the body so body mind soul i used to do a lot of workshops about that and writing became a part of those workshops Mm. and then i realized how powerful it was because you can change a whole narrative about yourself through writing it down and through being able to express that if you can write it down it can it can become a real thing for me and it Mm. did if you can write your healing, you can manifest it. And that's mm. what it became for me. Well, I had a question. Oh, do you have a question? Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I just wanted yeah. to comment on something. You, when you was asking about sharing your work, and uh, ultimately sh- they were reading you in mm. this piece. But I think they're reading them. Yeah. 
It's not actually. It's what I. It's it's what I see of myself in your poetry that That's I'm reading. Really, such they're a the, great compliment. They're Thank the you. favorite. When I the, the the poems that are my favorites are because it's something that resonated so deeply with me. It's not because you're looking into me. You basically asked the same question but different ways. Different. Like with your poetry, you can say the exact same point yep. 50 times, but oh, in different yeah. ways. And yeah. it's going to hit yeah. different people differently. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. that same saying that we use yeah. all the time, no two persons ever like yeah. the same book. Like it's mm. just a different hundred percent. Can I ask another question? Uh, yeah. About, you said something about remembering a lyric, so a lyric set you off, for example, or, or something someone says. How do you remember or recall that? Because I know, like, I know it, that's so difficult in normal life to... What do you do? Do you literally walk around with like a little pad and, pad and no, pen? My do you memory, record it in your phone or do you... Or my memory got... what is quite photographic. I think that comes from probably having a traumatic childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned quite young how to use that to my advantage and so when things are things have happened and I'll need to be able to recall those things for example I can do it word for word and it might be 20 years ago um, because it just happens from memory um, there's, and sometimes things really do stick and they'll stick and they'll stick um, you know there's a song by Sade it's called love is stronger than pride and there are a lot of lyrics in that um, it was actually written by Prince, but there are a lot of lyrics in that song that I would remember and I would pick up. Um, you know, lyrics were a big deal because music was a huge deal in my house and it, it was used as a tool. So I would remember things from a lyric and think that relates to me in this moment or this moment or this moment. And my life goes in specific moments and sometimes I roll things out in my head like a film so I can remember it detail for detail and it works. Sorry again. Um, but because um, obviously you say you're remembering gladly. When I, when I read your poem book, you know, the first time I read it, I read through it very quickly. And I said to you, I'm going again yeah. <laughs> in the beginning. Um, and then I find myself sometimes just in day-to-day events kind of remembering something that you've written. But each time I remember it, it might be in a slightly different context. And I feel like yeah. the longer I think about the words you've said, it's totally changed me. And do you, as a writer, do you take that into consideration at all? Thinking someone's going to read this and maybe one time they're going to take this from it, but maybe one time they'll take this meaning. That isn't something I've even considered. It's not even something that's to my mind. And how does that kind of feel when people that's a take great your question. words and come up yeah. with something that maybe you didn't even think of? That's a great question. Yeah. Um, I do, I'm aware of it, yeah, Yeah. I'm aware of it, for sure, I'm aware of it, because a lot Mm. of the, a lot of the shorter pieces in this book are actually things, stem from things that have been said to me as a child, so, um, you know, my dad would always say things like kicking cow, kicking calf, and things like that, and have very, very sharp, witty things to say that made absolutely no sense as a 10-year-old, but as a 21-year-old finally started to unravel to me. And now again, after my dad's passed away, as a mother, as a, as a young adult come up, growing up and evolving, those things always mean something different as time goes on. Words have power, a lot of power, and I'm really passionate about that. And so I think whether you're saying it or you're writing it, you know 
I don't think people are actually aware of how powerful because people aren't always aware of what they're digesting and what they're spewing out. So I've always been aware of that, that someone, and I have a lot of comments where people say that when they're going through something, they open it to a random page and they read what's on the page and they get what they need. For me, that's success mm. because that makes me feel successful because that's what I wanted. I wanted somebody to be able to pick up my book, open it and be like, I don't care where I'm going. I just need to go somewhere and I know I'll find myself on each page. And that was um, actually, I think one of the biggest things to write was my author's note at the beginning of the book. Um, it was a massive deal for me. And it's actually one of just my favorite things about this book because I wanted it to be it's a vine of my life, but those vines connect together. Um, and, and I wanted that to be felt. And I think you should be able to pick up a piece of poetry, open it and find yourself. I mean, you've been very successful in that area. That's something you were thinking about. Thank you, you. that off very yeah. well. Yeah. Thank you. I'm kind of asking how you um, name each piece, mm. but I'm asking you that for a very specific reason. It was meant to be quite angry and it was meant to be harder to write, but it wasn't and it came out um, as love. Just, I was, yeah, sorry, go on, no, continue. Sorry, just very briefly because I've spoken to you a little bit before about your process um, and how you, you place a lot of value on this very raw, raw poetry that you, know, you don't want to change that original notion too much. Yeah. But very broad question. You've said a few times today, this is how the poem was meant to be and this will yeah. happen. Like, how much do you feel that you actually have control over your poems? Oh, because you're almost, you're talking about it like there actually isn't very much control from you. They're kind of taking uh, you to places. Yeah. And my question was going to be about your editing process. Like how yeah. much editing is it? So it's it kind of tied like in. they're so. kind of guiding yeah. you as much as you're trying to guide them. I don't read the book till it's finished. Right. I don't tell a lot of people that. <laughs> but I don't read over it at all. So it comes out. If that comes out how I want it to come out, cool. If it don't, I'm not touching it. There are very, very few moments where I'll be like, I need a different word because it's not coming out right. There are some times where I'm writing so quickly that, and that's why I've started handwriting things because when I handwrite, I might find a word like beacon. And then uh, you're the word will be beacon. <laughs> yeah, but, but literally, yeah. I'm so like, this I so do. yeah, it's not like, because you do this. No, no, yeah. but that's that's how it is. So instead <laughs> of instead of like instead of yeah. um, disjointing my process by saying that's not pot is not the right word. Right. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then I'll have to go and start going on Google. And I think oh, when I'm yeah. typing it feels at some points quite unnatural for me. Mm. So when I'm handwriting, I'll write something, write something, and as I'm writing it, I then put, another, there's, a, there's a, a separate sort of space on that page where I will put a question mark to say, if you go back to that word, you may want to use a different word. I don't reread the poem. Right. I just, when I go back to read the whole thing, mm -hmm. I then think when you're reading that, in that moment, you questioned yourself as if to say there might be another word. Mm. Because sometimes when I'm on the train and it's my next stop, I don't have time to think about a different word for pasta. 
So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I just literally yeah. write, that's what you mean. Yeah. yeah. But you might mean something else when you go back to it. I never read it as I do. Just mean it. Yeah, and I never read it as I the perfect word. Yeah, mm. and yeah. I think me and you have had this conversation before yeah. where you're like, you know, how do you get it how you want it? And mm. the trick for me is I don't read it because yeah. if I start reading each poem as I'm writing it, the whole thing will not be what I wrote in the first place. So once yeah. you've written it, do you then go back over and read it back to you, like oh as, as a separate time go back and read it and edit it at that point when it's done the whole thing the whole collection and do you oh, think okay. just interesting because from a publishing perspective because you get because you've chosen to go self publishing you get so much freedom you get yeah. that you can say exactly what yeah. you want how you want to and do you think do you feel with younger poets and newer poets perhaps that there's a lot of pressure to try and say things how you know Publishers are going to want, want you to, to say yes. things. Yes. And do you even as, even though you self-publish, do you ever feel that? Oh yeah, through the editing process because obviously I still went through a publishing company. Yeah. It was still a self-publishing company. Yeah. Um, and that that obviously had to be edited. There were lots of times where I got, "Did you mean this?" and the answer would be no. No. Mm. No. I meant what I said. No, I, I don't mean yeah. that. Yeah. Um, because it sounds fancier or it makes more sense. And right. my thing is, is it's self-published and it's poetry and I'm me and this is how I write and this is how I talk and this is how I want it to translate. Talk to us about the process of publishing. Yeah. <laughs> really, so it's like, I know you just said it like a little bit, but because you are self-published yeah. and just kind of like for people who are actually not really, just your own process, right? Yeah. Because you are self-published, can you like, um? When I say talk to us about the process, this is more, um, I suppose, the emotional process, but yeah. also the decision to, one, to publish, two, to then, like, did you try and go to uh, uh, specific publishing houses first, or did you decide, no, I'm self-publishing, and then, like, what that was like, all of it, in terms of, I'm talking, deciding on, like, the um, cover art, and the, all of that stuff, and where it was going to be sold, because I, obviously, I don't know any of that, I don't, yeah. so I'm asking yeah. about the whole process of publishing I still don't know I still it. don't know okay. I just I just uh, winged it all to be honest okay. um, I learned, and I learned as I went I didn't know there could be so many different colours of white for a page I didn't know that oh. there could be I didn't know that you could have you know how many page numbers is there on the front the back of it and it's like you know there's things that you start to learn as you go and you think uh, I don't know or you know what 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 do you want font to look like on the front and obviously you know like I don't know those things I didn't know those things I didn't have that kind of support and I think there are pros to it there were massive pros and there were massive cons I think not massive cons not many but for me the pro was that I did have the freedom and I had the opportunity to breathe how I needed to breathe but also there is that thing in the back of your head that is like it's not real because it's self-published mm. um and oh. this is not a big what, as like big it's of a not deal like, um... it's not a big deal oh. I get yeah. that though because someone else hasn't invested in it yeah, yeah. someone yeah. else hasn't said yeah. you're good enough you're for us to invest in yeah. it's you choosing to put it out there. so that's before you I did it, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so I, I did know that. so I approached um, the company and she said you need to send over your submission and we'll see because we still need to see if you're still right to work with us if we want to take right. on board what you're saying that was nerve-wracking mm -hmm. 
Mm. Um, because again, it is that process of someone's going to still tell me if I'm whether I, whether I'm good enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the the response, I think it was about a hundred poems at that point, and then the response was, "Bloody hell! Like we don't have anything like this." Um, and obviously in a good way. Yes. Yeah. That scared me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and actually nearly put me off publishing it because it frightened the <laughs> fuck out of me. Um, and I couldn't really figure out what was going on until my husband, for everybody on the listening, um, Dan, sat me down and said that's called resistance because you've got like this this thing with yourself where you think you're not good enough to do something and when you're when you're approaching your success when you're Mm -hmm. approaching that thing inside of you that's going to burst open this is it this is what we're coming to like this is what all of the trauma and all of the heartache and all of the you know the brokenness has been about you're approaching it you start to get scared because you know it's fucking good you know it's good and um, through that conversation, I signed the contract. Okay. Nice one, Dan. Mm-hmm. That was it, because it was correct, it was right, it. yeah. And right. it was easier because it was COVID. So it was published and came out in the time of COVID. So my, my uh, book launch was online and things like that. Um, and even with that, I did a live. It was obviously on a personal page. And like there was 150 people watching and... Also, when you know, I know this, this might not have been a, 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 convers- a question that you had down the line, but when you know you've written very specific things about specific events and there are specific people involved in those events, there is a, another nervousness that comes in and a fear that comes in that, oh my gosh, this is not just my story. It's my story from my perspective. I'm telling somebody else's pers- like story, really. Um, that was nerve wracking, and I I do mm-hmm. remember mm-hmm. that person coming onto that live book launch, and mm-hmm. um, it completely it completely made me think what you, in that moment you yeah. think what am I doing? What, what am I doing, doing here? But you're yeah. on a live book, you can't come off. <laughs> but also, just sorry, quickly knowing you and saying that like you know it all happened during COVID, but you're a busy woman on your day to day life. You've got a lot that you need to be on top of, and like you've got you've got your beautiful girl to look after. You've got things to do. And do you feel like, obviously, COVID for most people, everyone really was a terrible thing in a lot of ways. Yeah. But do you feel like, in a way, it kind of gave you that that time that maybe you wouldn't have, it or have had otherwise to be mindful, to be present, to to just sit, really? No, it threw my world upside down. Okay. Um, and without throwing it upside down, there would be no book. Mm. Majority of what you're reading are things that surfaced through COVID and that Mm -hmm. happened to a lot of people through that time of isolation when you're inside and you have time to stew Mm. Um, and you have time to really think about, you know, there were people dying, thousands of people dying and you start really thinking about, you know, what the fuck has happened, Mm. you know, previously and how you feel about a lot of things. There were too many emotions coming up. Right. Um, and it was impossible for it not to be a book. And it was, I think when people say you need time to write and, you know, time to, to write poetry, mm. there've been, I've written 25 poems just sat in your presence for another book. Because, <laughs> yeah, that's what you've been here. 
in this weekend you've brought it in front of your pounds. face. Yeah. No way. Yeah. That's so impressive. Has anyone else allowed to spot it? Has anyone else put into that? Stop. I've seen her writing, but I didn't know that she was. I've seen her writing. Yeah, incredible. Writing, <laughs> because it's it, because for me, it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like you need time to sit and write. That doesn't work for me. It's it has to be yeah. that I'm doing it while I'm doing it. And there's sometimes when I'm making dinner. But that's like the practice seconds, you've got. And that's the practice you've got into as well. So for it? some people, it's like it's that's amazing. scatty and it's probably going to be a load of rubbish. But for me, that's how. It works, and during COVID, it was just like I just need, I need, you know, two minutes done. You know, we're changing Aurora's nappy two minutes, and then I'm ty- I'm typing away. Hmm. It depends on what you want to do with the time. If Aurora's asleep for half an hour, do I want to type out something, or do I want to watch Love Island? And mm-hmm. I don't listen to what I think I need to do. I listen to what I feel I need to do. Yeah. And in in during COVID, would come when it came to this book, it was a need. Mm. for me to write it I wouldn't say I felt like it was a need to publish it but it was a need to write it because those feelings that I was battling with were dark and horrible and some of it was really confusing and I didn't understand what was going on Um, and we touched on communication and how important that is to be able to express and be open Mm -hmm. and I think it's important to have a support system or people around you where you feel safe enough to do that with because once it comes out and you do it to some people always say you can be true to yourself you mm. can be true to others when in fact sometimes it works the opposite way mm. and that's what my author's note was mm. that in in this book you are holding my evolution and that is it mm. you know that is it is there any poems in there that you regret or that you would take out no it comes up don't get me wrong it comes up because Mm. in life you know it's a cycle isn't it and a lot of it was very angry and you know there are some people that poems are you know written about situations that are written about to do with people that aren't here anymore Mm -hmm. um and i can't say that those experiences were pleasant um and they weren't pleasant to write, actually. They were painful to write. What was, I suppose, maybe the hardest piece that you wrote? Okay. It's called Grey. That's how people connected with me, that they read things that I had written, words that I or connected with things that I had said. And that's how they connected with them. And that's why I read a few poems and people were... You know, that's where the whole voice thing came up about my voice and things like that mm-hmm. because I started to read the stuff. I suppose a question from the opposite perspective is I knew you, gosh, I knew you months before I clocked that you had a poetry book out, right? Yes. And I'd known you quite a while at that yeah. point. I knew quite a lot about yeah, you. Yeah, I forgot about I that. I suppose just purely from a feelings perspective, how does that feel when someone that knows you like fairly well knows quite a bit about you says, oh, actually, I'm going to read these poems that you've written that are such a deeply personal part of yourself like what what thoughts go through your head when I say I'm going to write your book it's interesting because when I connected with Patty I was in a different headspace when I connected with you this almost not not died but it laid dormant for a long time because of what I was going what I had just come out of yeah so, in a way, you forget that you've even got this. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, when it, then it came out that like Rio's got a poetry book, and it was like what? And I remember Emmy being like, "What yeah, do you mean? You, you never like, said you know, anything about yeah, it before." Because, because I think the things I've been through in the past year made this just seem again dim. Yeah, but then it's like a new friend going through your knicker drawer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, actually your, reading it, that's, that's almost your... what it felt like. And, yeah. and it was amazing. And I it felt was like amazing. I knew you very well beforehand, but then it did also feel a bit like, oh, I know Rio very well, but yeah. I'm now it's seeing like Rio, you know? Yeah. Did you did you feel that way when you read the Yeah, book? I felt like I was looking into parts of your life that I thought I knew you quite well before, and I realised, actually, I don't. Yeah. There's so much of yourself that possibly as a very confident introvert, there yeah. are parts of yourself that you keep sure. to yourself for any amount of reasons. And previous versions of yourself. But yeah. it, it, it yeah. did feel That's quite... That's what I meant, yeah. Well, it yeah. felt like quite a privilege and almost like quite like a luxury to be able to see that part of you that you perhaps don't share very no. willingly. Broken people are broken people, whether they healed or not, because you don't stop healing. Um, and I had the soft, the soft girl complex since a child of right. being too soft. You're too soft and you're too sensitive. Um, and I had that over and over again to the point where I believed that narrative to be negative. Mm. And because I believed it to be negative, I allowed negativity in because mm. I believed it. And I think some people always think, well, you attract what you, you know, it's just, you attract it, like your whole being attracts it. No. A lot of shit has found its way, as you all know. A lot of shit has found its way to me, even through not no negative thoughts. But yeah, go on. And can I just say that it takes real strength to be soft it does. Mm. when life it hands you it shit. Does, yeah, it does. Yeah. That's a that's a superpower in itself. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um. That this is my my power and my strength, and I think. A lot of the time when people meet me, they think quiet, you know, they think quiet girl. Um, it's because I'm listening and then I write because I'm listening and I know and I pick up on people's auras really quickly and I digest people. As, as, an, as an extrovert, I really admire that in people. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I admire that quality massively to sit mm -hmm. back and to... Perceive. You have a kind of knowledge that we don't, in a way. Absolutely. It's You've a learned skill things and in ways something. that we don't do, because we're always yeah. running our mouths. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love those mouths. I love those mouths. Yeah, you've got a special kind of knowledge that we sometimes don't pick up on. It's an admirable skill. Yeah. No, thank you. Uh, um, yeah, as a kid, I thought I was really bad. I thought I was a really bad person. I thought I was really, really crap. Um, and it's not until sort of grew up that I thought actually you're all right kid mm. you're all right you know what you're doing you're all right yeah. um but just because you know what you're doing doesn't mean you always do it um, oh, that's the other thing with being soft strong is that mm. that softness sometimes makes you melt and then you have to you know solidify and carry on bloody hell you're coming out of bars um, yeah. <laughs> something else that I wanted to add mm -hmm was that um, during the time of writing this, my dad was going through a really rough time. He was hard to be around. And I wanted to write things so that he would understand mm. that I was angry, but also 
I wanted him to remember who he was because that's what he would always say to me is remember who you are. Thank you. Um, and I want I wanted him to to um to remember who he was. Mm -hmm. And I wanted him to get back to that. I wanted him to open himself up. Because sometimes the people who are in front of us and they're closest to us, they are reflections of ourselves. Especially with parents and kids' relationships. It becomes easy, I think, as we grow for us to not turn our backs on each other, but almost turn away from those reflections because it hurts. Um, and I wanted him to know who he was. I wanted him to look at me. And I'm really glad he got to um, experience that before leaving the earth because mm -hmm. it was important to me. So just to give some context, I read the poem, then I read the title. That is how the nice. poetry is meant to be read. I know I didn't just do that previously, like but that. my poetry, and I should probably, I will probably state that in the next collection, but it's meant to be that you read. I was actually, I think I was sort of pressurised to change that, but the point is you read the poem and then you read the title and then it makes sense. My title will come to me once I've written the yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, and I think for yeah. me, the point is that you learn the lesson and then you understand it. And then you can give it a, a okay. name. Yeah. yeah. You can put a face on it. So, do it that way. My lungs are always filled with fire and smoke, choking on all of the faces you have. You're broken. Imperfect, it seems, but you've never quite grasped the beauty of that. I love you for whatever it's worth, even though when you talk, my skin crawls. You are a monster sometimes, but with the prettiest wings, you're just never brave enough to fall. And whenever I try to speak to your heart, your anger, it swallows me whole. So I sit and I wait for the day you set yourself free and finally forgive your own soul. Sorry. <laughs> Can I say, like, the, the level of jumping from the wings and not mentioning that for a line or two and jumping back to, to falling and the reader still got in their head the idea that this person has wings, they yeah, have they them could. if they wanted to use them. Yeah. But the fact that you're not spelling that out to them, so sophisticated, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm gushing, no, but that's no. so cool Thanks. that you mm -hmm. can do that. Also, poems can mean things for different times. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the last couple of lines of that poem mean something completely different now mm -hmm. because that decision was made and it happened. So. That's like when you were saying about actually, rather than you seeing it as like reading you, you see it as like reading yourself. Yeah. And then you said about going back, you read the poet thing all in one mm, go and then one thing. And then first, you, the yeah. same person, went back and worked your way through it and it was like yeah. different things and it was like, hold on a second. And it was and it it's... was a totally different experience. Like the first time was like I was messaging Rio and sorry for saying I was like, Holy shit, this is great. But the second reading, when I was like properly forcing myself to slow down, completely different level of I'm taking so much from this. I'm actually yeah. through learning about you and I, as I say, I knew you for quite a while as a friend. Yeah. And I was yeah. learning about you, but at the same time, you were teaching me about myself. Yeah. 
which I wasn't expecting. And I say that as someone who reads a lot of poetry, I don't always learn about myself from it. And that's fine, because that's not always the intention of the, the poet. But from being in some ways fairly similar to you, learning about you taught me a lot about myself. And that's crazy that you can do that that's just really by sitting and writing. A massive. I, I just sent you screenshots of my face. Yes. I like, this one. Right. You know when you read the poem and you go, damn. And I'm saying it's surreal. It's surreal knowing that you're a person and knowing Rio is a writer. <laughs> I don't want to say they're two different people because you're not two different people. No. But it's a totally different experience speaking yeah, to Rio, my friend, yeah, who gives me a cuddle when I've had too much to drink. <laughs> and then there's Rio as a writer who's like, yeah. listen, bitch, let's talk about your trauma. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it is the does. same person, but it's it's we don't often with our friends get to see those two different sides because friends present one, one side. side. Yeah, and it's bits. totally yeah. healthy and normal, and, but and it, yet, it's a different experience. And yet, as your friend, I can feel you the whole way through. All yeah. the way yeah. through. If I didn't know you, then different story. But knowing you, you know I can feel you the part. whole way through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, I think you was going to ask this, Imogen, but no, I'm going to just jump in. The illustrations. Yeah. Where, where did you get those? What, what, what was mm. the... Because the, they're beautiful. So lovely. I found them online. The illustrations and the front cover were the thing that was going to give me the most shit. I knew that I needed... Personally, for me, it was the biggest deal. Um, yeah. First, it was no illustrations, and then I said, that's not true to what I want. Yeah. I can't, I, I can't put out a book of poems with no illustrations. It's not me. Um, and I knew what I wanted it to look like. And that's the hard part when mm-hmm. you actually know what no, you want yeah. and you're looking for it and you can't, you can't find, find it. it. Um, so I sat and I, mm, I, I kind of went through. Uh, was it going to be an illustration on every page and that was going to happen? Oh, too much. Um, I found them online. No, they're I beautiful. just paid for a well, subscription. Um, and I had to type in very specific words, yeah, and I typed yeah, in really. those words maybe 50, 60 times. That's interesting that you say specific, because they do match incredibly well yeah, to what you've written. Yeah. Props yeah. to, you know, the creators of these illustrations and where I got them from, but oh, well chosen. they had to be very specific. I was not going to have random mm-hmm. random stuff. No. Um, and, and, you know, you it's fine if that's what... No, and it's fine <laughs> if people want that, you know, it's f- totally fine. But I knew which poems needed illustrations and why I wanted them. And the front cover had it in my head. Uh, what I wanted, it was exactly that. Mm. Can't tell you how I found that, but it was that. Mm. And I realised quickly when I found it, I looked at it and I said, that's me. That's it. That's yeah. what, when I look at it, it's yeah. literally you that i It I'm... looks like somebody's drawn me mm-hmm. at that time. At that time, because and the I entire wanted the cover hair, is the hair. the hair to cover the whole co- cover. Um, and then I realised that she wasn't perfect. So I saw like the freckles and the skin and like discoloration and I thought, that's me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was it. Never moved from that. Can I ask one more question about technical um, decisions? You begin a lot of your poems with and. I did. I did. Yes, and I like that. I didn't know I liked that. Yeah, because you're always taught to never start something without. With an uh, yes. So I wanted to ask how it was. Uh, as I was writing it, 
the way that I would say, so to write something, you're saying it to yourself, but I'm actually saying it as if I'm having a conversation with somebody else. Mm. So when I write something, you're supposed to be reading those poems as if we are in the middle of a conversation. And again, yeah. I have said something prominent and then left the room. That is how you mm -hmm. are supposed to be reading those poems. Right. Because that's how we talk. Yeah. But obviously, when you're reading something, we discuss a lot, don't we, how something is translating on a piece of paper mm. from how, you know. So imagine you're, I'm in a conversation with you, and that's exactly how it would be from what I was just telling you before, where something prominent would be said, and then it would be left there. And be careful not to starve off of the lies that you tell yourself, because crumbs can only last so long. Oh. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah. yeah. So that's how I would have those conversations that's it. Yeah, in my head and then be like, oh yeah, do you know what, yeah, like, that's it, it's the middle of a conversation, mm. I'm talking to these people. Right. It's, I really struggle when I'm writing poems to know when to end them and I end up merging two oh. poems into one, right? Oh. How have you got to the point where you know this is the end of my poem, this is, my, this is it? A, uh, how have you, just you do it so it's where well. it's supposed to be. No. But I can't accept it in myself. I don't see well. it the way I see it with okay, so it's a struggle. Yeah, it's a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. That's comforting, hard. though. Yeah. Because sometimes I can go on and on and on. Brown Skin, for example, is, it is a great poem. Everybody Brilliant, loves man. that poem. Yeah. Um, it was really great to write. Could have gone on for hours. Really? Because I have too much to say. Mm. I have a thing about endings on the longer poems, so... Sometimes you'll notice in some of my, like, some of the poets, some of the pieces, some of the words have to rhyme, and those words are the ending to mm. lines. They have to rhyme, otherwise I don't feel that it's, it's finished. It's finished. So, so, so with the longer ones, I'll be like, oh, do you know what, stop at the most powerful line, like, just stop at the most powerful line, and then it will stop. So it'll be like, the power is within you. Then I'd be like, no, that's shit, because it's two poems. Mm -hmm. So the power is within you, and it would go onto a different line. Then I would have to sit there, and it would take me days and days and days to write one line mm -hmm. to finish that poem. Okay, let's move on from, like, hard <laughs> shit and go on to, like, good shit, and you can read us your favourite poem. Okay. Mm. I have uh, quite a few favourites. Me too. Yeah. Okay. And loving myself has never meant that I always like myself. It just means that I can revel in my brokenness, beat on the drum of my chest when I am in my depths and make music. I am able to transform my wholeness into a whole new level of whole. I am the definition of art. The love of oneself is messy, strange and undone. And it is mine to make the art of self. I love that so much. Mm. Do you know what that poem makes me think of? You know Shirley Bassey, I am what I am. Yeah, mm. oh my god. That's the vibes that I get from that poem. Yes. And that song is power. I wrote and a that's poem the vibe and I didn't realise that. that there's a line in that poem that is exactly inspired. No, inspired a poem that I wrote. Wow. Does that feel powerful? I feel like that should feel powerful. No, yeah, it's very powerful, but also I think the way something is performed is the, the way something is spoken again is really powerful so like a lot of people asked for me to 
Um, Spoken word poetry. I mean, watching people perform. Oh, it's sexy. The way, actually, the way you just read that was mad. But it when is you were like, sexy. Make music. Yeah, yeah. So I, I felt really it, and yeah. I'm like, when I start to read it, it starts to. It's in yeah. my chest. Like I, yeah. I mean what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and it, and it gets me. It excites me, and I feel mm. passionate about it. But in my head, when I read it, I know what I want you to hear louder, and I know mm-hmm. what, what yeah. I want you to hear softer. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're you're digesting it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say because you do a lot of free form poetry, right? And there's things where I like I read your poetry, and I can see things where you've taken inspiration from like form, and you've taken inspiration mm. from styles, right? Yeah. But generally you do freeform. Yeah. And do you feel like that has power in itself as a writer yeah. to create that flexibility? 100%. Have you I ever don't... thought about, I mean, I, I haven't, so, but have you ever thought as a writer, maybe I want to try fitting to forms and no. styles? No, because why? that would be terrible for me. Yeah, I bet you'd write some banging But like, why? What? I don't think so. Because I know that you've spent... do it, man. Yeah, but I know that you've thought about it, but like, what have I spoken to about it? Like, I, I've spoken them. to you about why you don't want to speak to form. Why don't you? Because, I mean, I don't, so I'm asking the same question that I ask myself, but what is it about form that doesn't work for you? Rules perfect, equal perfection to me. And is that not part of your poetry? <sighs> no. Because you can't. Sorry. No. You if you're, like, freeing yourself yeah. through your writing, it's like, but why would I mm. then want to trap that thing especially that I'm using when it's to, like, schools, as my tool, my in, vessel to Yeah, write. especially when it's schools and English education, there's so much, like, there's so much pressure on what mm-hmm. form is this? It's like, can you spot the iambic pentameter? Can you spot yeah. the form? Why have they done a sonnet, for example? Yeah. And that's rammed into our brains. Yes, and I feel that that is restrictive in mm. a way that might be unhealthy. Yeah. And actually be contradictive to why a person is writing if i want to use the word beautiful and it doesn't fit <laughs> i'm gonna make it fit it, it's it's i can't I yeah can't, yeah i can't do anything with that mm-hmm. you know i'm already at a point where i'm like okay what what's another word for sting do you know no. what i mean yeah. i don't, I don't want controversially to... do you feel like forms a lazy way of giving significance to your poems oh i don't think it's lazy see i no, do i, I do it's, it's a very controversial viewpoint no. i just sometimes not always but i sometimes feel like people feel like they have to give form not that not when they do that's not no by choice yeah 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 when they feel like they have to it's because they've been taught it it's because yeah. they've been taught that it's yeah. not poetry if it doesn't rhyme if it doesn't fit mm-hmm. a certain form yeah if you've not got the stress on the correct syrup- yeah. syllables yeah Ooh, did i say syllables yeah you do yeah correct syllables and I feel like that's quite dangerous that we've been taught that because that's, as we've seen with your poetry, so limiting. Yeah, it is. Not that, not that it's controversial. No, I think if you want to do that, you have to is the I think if you want to follow form and you want to do that and, and that works for you, that's fantastic mm-hmm. because that's the point. It's what works for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, it doesn't because it's, it's too restrictive and I don't feel that I can mm-hmm. say what I need to say. Mm-hmm. Were you inspired by a lot of... Um, social media poets no you were getting the exact question that i was going Um, to because i found that there's so many Mm. yeah i love instagram poets instagram poets pinterest you know i think they're brilliant i find these verses and they're really slagged off in the poetry community Uh, so i just wondered if that was something that um i don't have a lot to say about it yeah, it's okay, we forced that question yeah. on you. In answer to your question, no. 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 Um, mm. Because 
when I read something on social media, like a post or, you know, poetry or whatever, I think, oh my God, amazing. And then I have to click away. Okay. Because... Do you read a lot of poetry? No. No. But interesting. Mm. I get that question a lot. Mm. I do not. How does it make... So you say that you have that question a lot. Not in how... Like, not in like a academic sense. Mm-hmm. Just feeling. How does that question make you feel if you have it a lot? Oh my God. It, it makes me feel stupid. Right. <laughs> do you feel like well, people are always like pushing writing, it onto no, you? It's like writing literature and saying I don't read a lot of books. Yeah, I, I was going to say, do you feel like people are always yeah. pushing an expectation yeah. onto you then? 100%. Yeah. Uh, because I write poetry, I should know all these famous poets and I should know all these Instagram poets and I should... Right. No, because yeah. for me, because it's what I write, I cannot read it because yeah. Yeah. I don't want to study what other people are doing. Yeah. I don't want to be like other people and, you know... I don't want my, this is me personally, I don't want my inspiration, and I will become like that. I don't, because I'm I'm influenced by bookstagram. If someone tells me to go and buy the XX, ding, ding, I'll go and buy it because (laughs) I think, you know, oh my gosh, this is going to be a great reading experience. Mm. But when it comes to my writing and my work, I want people to know that it's come from me. Mm-hmm. There is no tick or try, like, there's no, oh my gosh, I read, you know, Lucy's work from her page and it's so great. And then Rio Merrick's has gone and taken one line because, you know, mm. in this day and age, in this day and age, that's really fucking personal to do yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. And I want... You know, there's people on social media who might wear the same jacket as another girl on Instagram, and we're up in arms about yeah. it. Yeah. So, <laughs> Why are you copying me? What are you doing? Exactly. Yeah, I don't, I don't totally. want that. I think there's too much of that. And, oh. and I can appreciate somebody's work, but I'm not the type of person to let it stop there because yeah. I do it. And I'll start being like, oh my gosh, the word she's used there, I'm just going to write that down. Nah. I'd rather find the word myself yeah. and say, actually, I've never even read your work, but absolutely. Fucking I mean, you amazing. have such a defined process yourself. You, know, you could, yeah. you could, um, you could. Um, what's the word? You could tell me about a, a poet on Instagram or whatever, and I'll go and look through the page, and I'll be like, oh my fucking gosh, like that is absolutely incredible, mm. and I'll click off. Yeah. yeah. Because. That's how my writing process is. I'm too ding, ding, ding on something somebody says or mm-hmm. does, and it clicks into a poem for me. Mm. I'm not doing that off of the backs of other people's work. Yeah. Well, not when okay, I know that my mind ticks like that. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. makes that's, sense. That's, yeah. I was going to say, because it's a conversation we had earlier today, actually, yeah. <laughs> with Instagram posts, and, and I mean, I'm just going to shout out one that I absolutely adore, is this poetry um, page called Wellerett, and I'll send you all those like details later. Brilliant poet. Yeah. But he, he exists mostly on Instagram and in poetry cafes and stuff like that. And I think he has some of the best poetry I've ever read personally. Yeah. But it isn't it's not something that I'm finding by reading like published like collections, mm. anthologies. And I think do do you think, you know, as a writer who has a very heavy social media presence, not so much for your writing, but just in general. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's that how do you feel about that stigma, perhaps? So that the the Instagram poets aren't poets. <laughs> Sorry, that's a really heavy question, no. but I'm just interested no. in your response. It's a load of shit. Mm. Yeah, yes. it is. It is a load <laughs> of shit. It is a load shit. of shit. It's shit. 
Yeah, but that's people's part. Instagram poets that's are people's fucking lives. brilliant. I think it's the evolution of. Is but the, yeah. how Shakespeare would have been on Twitter and oh, Instagram. Shakespeare. <laughs> Shakespeare. Shakespeare would be on Instagram, throwing about his slang. All of that stuff. No, I, I no, told no. you, Shakespeare would have been too elitist about it. He would have been copying the Instagram. Listen, post don't slag off Shakespeare and be Laura. <laughs> This guy, um, Danny, has written this poem. It's called Rhythm and Poetry, which is comparing rap to poetry. Yeah. Which... And he went on a live, which was about rap, and he wanted to tell this poem. And he was basically told to get off this Instagram live because poetry isn't rap. Wow. Rap which is literally poetry. I know. It's Rhythm and so Poetry, and that's the point of his poem. I'm going to send you it because you'll love it. But to be told that, and in this day and age, for me, I can't speak for everyone. It feels like we've been sat here for maybe like a half hour. It's, it's been an hour and a half. Um, so, <laughs> so I'm gonna ask you one more question sure. and then ask that you um, end sure. with the final um, poem in the book. Okay. Um, the last question, that's sort of the last official question, is just, um, I suppose, what advice you would give to um, anyone who is writing. In a Phil Collins kind of way, like just go off. Go off. Yeah. yeah. That's off. my advice. <laughs> there's a Phil poem. Collins. There's Phil a poem Collins. in the book where I talk about she put her pen on the on the page and it lit up on fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just do that. Yeah. Just keep doing it and until look that feels good. And I think the point is that writing doesn't always need to have a purpose. You don't mm. always need to feel like I'm writing this poem and I need to be really careful with it because it might turn I might turn into the next Rupi Court and I might be on tour next weekend. Like that's not really the point here. Yeah. Like, you know, just do you and write it down. Like I'm always yeah. saying that to Patty, just write it down. Mm-hmm. Because it's not about who's going to see it, it's about what it's doing for you. Mm. And if you decide at any which time that you want to share that with the world, or you've got something that you wish to share with the world, and you think, yeah, I'm ready for this now, Mm -hmm. I can do it now, fucking do it. Yeah. But make sure you're ready to do it, Mm -hmm. but don't stop till you are. That's the mistake that people do. They stop because they feel they're not ready to share it. That's not the point. You're supposed to be doing it till you're ready to do it. Um, Thank Thank you you so, so much for like, um, for um, having this conversation with us. This guy's, uh, and like I said, I'll ask you to like end um, with a reading, the final reading for us. But guys, this chat has just basically been about uh, Rio's first collection um called when in the wilderness and you can buy it from amazon you can get it on amazon yeah so you can jump on amazon when in the wilderness and um grab yourselves a copy you have heard like readings um here today so you've got just like a slight vibe of what's in the book um and but you've also got like a lot of stuff from what's behind the book and the process which i think will make the reading of it even more juicy so basically buy the book what are you waiting you for? You won't regret it, it's beautiful. You won't, you won't. Do not let anyone allow you to come undone. The only person who should pick at your loose threads is you. There is no power in giving away the gift of being sewn back together out of fear of holding your own needle. Come together. I suppose I'm, I'm excited for people to hear this, especially because it's like the last one in the book. And guys, there's so many pieces of work in this collection i promise you we haven't even scratched the surface so you're not missing out from like reading it yourself but um 
I just think that this is None like... of my favourites have been Regis. <laughs> Bloody. Bloody palettes. Uh, we're ready when you are, my darling. Thank okay. you. Grace is not something that holds us down or forces its way in. It transcends onto even our most secret of hiding places and sheds light on the wilderness of our magnificent despairs. When in the wilderness. 